Hi, this is John Deke, celebrating 25 years of the Very Young Composers, the program of the New York Philharmonic. This music is by David Loyo, and it's called Fanfarria para New York. This is scene 27, Adventures in Venezuela, connecting with El Sistema. In that one meeting in July of 2009 with Danny Bedoni and Bill Gord at a restaurant, a whole new vista came to me. She talked about the character of José Antonio Abreu's vision of a music and social program that could unite young people to bring them together, to form a sense of community, and to make them citizens by handing them a violin or a clarinet or a bass, and affording them the opportunity of proving that they could develop the discipline and camaraderie that he knew was possible through playing in an orchestra. I had heard how successful this program was and how it had become a movement worldwide and had shown time and again how it could and did work in multiple situations and societies. I was dazzled by the possibilities. Further into the conversation, Danny invited me to come down to Venezuela to give lessons, coachings, and master classes on the bass. I said that, of course, I'd be delighted to. But my mind was already racing ahead to other things. Imagine a music program that was based on the philosophy that I had worked toward that all children are creative, only this program was based on all children can change their lives through the power of music. Aha! She emphasized that José Antonio's concept was thoroughly prepared in all aspects to help children and to do whatever was necessary to care for them in body and spirit as well as in music. If my life had a passionate focus before, I found now that that focus was broadened, no, uh, deepened, uh, actually elevated, really all of the above. I immediately made plans for the voyage to Venezuela. We settled on April of 2010. My next task was, how will I pay for this trip? It was not in the Philharmonic's budget, nor in El Sistema's. Furthermore, I clearly needed an associate for the project, so an additional amount was needed. But I had to take this opportunity to see from the inside for myself what this genius Maestro José Antonio had wrought and how it worked. As luck would have it, a chance meeting in a grocery store with Andrea Schwartz, mother of an amazing bassist and composer student of mine, Micah Brashear, it led us into a conversation about my desire to go to Venezuela. She said that the project seemed to fit well with the aims of a family foundation of which she and her husband were the executors, namely the Halbreich Foundation. Could I make a proposal? Well, I answered in the affirmative, made the application, and soon my proposal was accepted. Ted Whiprid and I agreed on an outstanding teaching artist named Richard Manoya to act as my associate. The grant would not make either of us rich by a long shot, but Richard accepted and we began to make plans. We also got the enthusiastic endorsement of Gustavo Dudamel, who was a product of El Sistema himself, and with whom, believe it or not, I had collaborated years before 2002 on a work which I was commissioned to compose for the Youth Orchestra of the Americas. 
I had been determined to compose a work which would include at least an eight-measure quote from a young person in each of the 17 countries of the America, down from Chile up through Central America and to Canada. When I visited a rehearsal of the orchestra in Boston, I happened to speak to Gustavo, who was then an assistant conductor, age 19. <laughs> he asked me how my piece was coming, and I said, Fine, but I'm still lacking something from a young composer of Venezuela. He brightened up and answered, But I am a composer too. I can write something for you. And I answered, Yeah, of course. And the next day he handed me a sheet of music paper with a beautiful little melody on it. I'm so sorry to have lost that original pencil manuscript, but his music did make it into my piece, which was premiered by Benjamin Zander and conducted several times by Gustavo himself, Leonard Slatkin, and others. But back to our coming trip. As we were making plans for our departure, I kept having to pinch myself that this was truly about to happen. I couldn't get my mind around the fact that we were not only going to observe this vast program, which was now successfully thriving in over 40 countries worldwide, transforming hundreds of thousands of children, but that we were to take part in it. <sighs> that seeing this beautiful bird flying in the sky, we were about to take off and join it, even as tiny as we were in comparison. In fact, it has been said by Venezuelans, by Jose Antonio, that the VYC and El Sistema are birds of a feather, and that Maestro Abreu, as I later realized, was completely behind our concept, that he wanted to have children composing music that children could play, and that this music would be taken seriously by adults as well. Wow! And further, we both knew that the future of our world and our music lay in the children all children, and that we were in perfect harmony on this concept. I reflected on the chance meeting of Danny Bedoni, arranged by Shirley Young, and how Danny became our liaison on this project, and others, which she remains to this day. Thinking then about the tasks that lay ahead, we knew that most of the students we were to work with spoke little or no English. Richard Manoya spoke some Spanish, but not fluently. My Spanish was approaching fluency, but needed quite a boost. I provided this by lessons with a member of my church, St. Paul and St. Andrew, and by reading Harry Potter in Spanish, which was enormously fun, but I was under no illusion that any of this was a real substitute for immersion in the country itself. Thinking back on my experience in Italy, where only upon teaching in Italian did I ever reach fluency at any time. On our arrival in Venezuela, I found the country as beautiful as on the first visit there that I had some 30 years previously on a Philharmonic tour. On that visit, I had felt in my youthful exuberance, perfectly able to walk out of my hotel room one morning early and heading north to bushwhack through the jungle up the impressive Monte Avila, which separated the city of Caracas from the Caribbean. There was an expansive view of the ocean from the summit and a funicular railway which I took back down. I also fell in love with the people of the country and had already felt at home with many friends which I had mainly met through the Philharmonic's concerts. But by this time, we were here to learn and work with the children. 
Danny had selected a group of young students who had expressed interest in composition. Thirty, mm, thirty children were really too many for Richard and myself to handle properly, uh, especially as I anticipated with the language learning process, which was just starting. But Danny rightfully pointed out that El Sistema worked with large numbers of children, so we did our best. We used our examples of VYC curriculum models and learned as we went, just as the students did, most of whom had not actually composed music before. But both boys and girls gradually found their creative abilities, and we found these kids the most eager and able learners. One evening, outside the conservatory's front steps, I encountered a distinguished but unassuming older gentleman who congratulated me and encouraged my work. He was none other than the maestro José Antonio Abreu himself. We conversed for several minutes. I'll never forget that chance meeting. I knew that despite my stumbling effort to join my tiny, at that time, program, with his vast worldwide movement, that he was yet watching me and noting my progress. I had learned that along with his amazing achievements as a pianist, educator, and national economic minister, that he was also an aspiring composer. Aha! So there was another source of his interest, and so much more. And in his program, there was the source of my passion and mission, yet again amplified and clarified. So, Richard, Danny, and I worked tirelessly with the kids for the next two weeks. We had recruited several local professional composers, headed by Diana Arismendi, professor at the Simón Bolívar Conservatory, and with Valdemar Rodríguez, the executive vice president of El Sistema. Among the local teaching artists which we trained was the brilliant Pedro Bernardes. He not only understood the potential of the program, but envisioned a national implementation of it, whereby each locale and nucleo would establish its own distinctive style of children's composition. It was he who articulated the lasting principle that the VYC, or Jovenes Compositores, would only reach its full potential by the spreading of the program to many communities and populations, and that this, rather than threatening established professional composers, would exalt them. After all, he noted, who would care if Heifetz was a great violinist if only three people in the world could play the violin? He was great because millions of young children aspired to play and to emulate him. So it would be for professional composers. Mm. Aha! Brilliant! How I miss Pedro, who moved away, went to Hollywood. I wish him success. During our stay in Caracas, there were many joyous moments, along with exciting challenges. Although slow at first, their music was coming alive. We came to the day before the final culminating concert. I had also brought down with me several compositions by our New York students to play along with the locals. So many compositions. Came the time for the big rehearsal. Coming from New York. Well, I had been accustomed to the sight-reading capital of the world, right? I mean, oh man, we could sight-read down a complex score of Stravinsky, Boulez, Stockhausen in no time. I don't know what I was thinking, that we would expect that same thing here, where students routinely spent weeks, even months, 
memorizing symphonic works of from Mozart to Mahler. And within the first two measures at our rehearsal of the first student piece, yeah, I knew we were in trouble. It was what I'd been saying all along, that children's original music was the freshest of all contemporary music, and here it was. Only that the musicians hired for the concert were excellent, but they looked blankly at this fresh contemporary music. Well, no matter. The spirit was willing, and the excitement was there. I felt badly that the children's music was tricky, unexpected, and often difficult to perform. But the gems in the rough were there. The principle was established, and the musicians and the music turned out to be wonderful. What a joy the compositions were, so full of energy, rhythms, and melodies. I remember one work in particular, a string quintet by Daniela Melo, Una Escalera al Cielo, A Ladder to the Sky. What an exuberant texture of rising scales, overlapping and strong harmonies. I didn't have to conduct this work at all. I just stood there with my palms spread out, my eyes closed. We performed this work several times in New York and elsewhere. We also used this piece and others as answers to the very first musical postcards. Hooray! From our New York City VYC kids, including Ben Myers, Katja Turchin, Jade Alberton, and Daniel Moores, among our most outstanding Venezuelan young composers, who would in turn come out to be Luis Pichardo and David Loyo, both of whom Danny and I later brought to New York to speak at a Philharmonic pre-concert and hear their pieces played by members of the New York Philharmonic. Another encouraging voice whom I met in Caracas was Mark Churchill, who was leading the effort to establish the El Sistema Fellows and El Sistema USA. I was thrilled with his project, and he could also see the importance of what we were working toward. And of course, the maestro himself was repeatedly quoted as saying, we must make this idea part of our curriculum. After the concert, I was able to stay a few more days to visit some of the nucleos around Caracas. One of the most moving and inspiring examples of José Antonio's vision was the nucleo founded by a man named Leonard, a young guy who showed me around. When I first met him, I was taken aback by the scars on his face and arms, clearly knife wounds. He had been sentenced to prison at the age of 14 for gang fights, which had resulted in a murder. While languishing in prison, he was visited by José Antonio himself, who had handed him a clarinet. If you practice this instrument for three or four hours a day with all your heart, I can get you out of prison. Leonard did as he was offered, and once out of prison, continued to work and eventually demonstrated both his discipline and his capacity for leadership. He was now the director of a nucleo serving hundreds of students and leading a professional staff in all its details. As I followed him in his rounds, he exhorted students engaged in learning parts to a Mahler symphony. He stopped to coach a trombone player and also to complain about the tardy fixing of a leaking roof at our rehearsal hall. How much more vivid proof did I need? I was to return three more years in succession 
bringing with me such stellar professionals as Paolo Prestini and Angelica Negron, and each time being more and more prepared for this type of work abroad and getting more comfortable with the language. Ah, I hope. <laughs> I only wish I could have continued to come, but the experiences there will remain invaluable. Los jóvenes compositores have continued to flourish in Venezuela and in other South American locations. David Pedrosa now heads the VYC Jóvenes Compositores in Caracas, and Danny and I have continued to bring more and more children around the world into the transformative magic of composing. In the next scene, we will discover the roundabout process by which the VYC was brought to Finland. 